everyone today is Wednesday April 29th and it is the last official Wednesday of Earth Month so welcome back to the gist of it with Nick and Adriana we are so excited to be here today and to be continuing on with our new revamped health and wellness platform um, so today we'll be talking about some health and wellness tips that coincide with sustainability and how we can better treat our earth because not only is our own personal health important, but the health of our environment is also equally important to us. Um, but to kick things off, I really want to talk about a book that I think is great for individuals who are already on their sustainability journey or are just at the beginning of it. So it's called Live Green, 52 Steps for a More Sustainable Life, and it is by Jen Chillingsworth. And basically, it's a short book, only about 160 pages that goes through a bunch of different tips on how you can implement a more sustainable lifestyle. Um, and it's broken down into some great categories. So some of those are how to eat green, how to shop for slow fashion instead of fast. Um, and my personal favorite chapter that I haven't gotten to yet is actually how to have a simple Christmas. So even though Jen focuses on Christmas as the holiday, I believe that'll be great tips for how to be more sustainable and simple for lots of holidays, including birthdays, Mother's Day, etc. So yeah, that's the book. Um, there'll be a link to where you can find it in the description and let us know if you give it a read because it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm interested in reading that, especially the like the holiday stuff. I feel like it's so easy to just go to the store and buy everything plastic and not realize it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yes. Oh, go. <laughs> so we're going to start with talking, we're next going to start with um, talking about um, sustainability and our health when it comes to what we put in our body. So what we eat and without further ado. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, sustainable eating is actually a topic that I'm really passionate about, despite being somebody who's not actively involved in the nutrition field. Um, and I think the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because we've been hearing this argument for years about um, why veganism and vegetarianism is so much better than being a meat eater or somebody who's trying to be sustainable in the amount of eat that meat that they eat, sorry. Um, and I just want to start with like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a vegetarian or a vegan. If you are able to do so, and that's what makes you feel better about your uh, choice to how you want to be sustainable for the environment, like kudos to you. But I think it's also very important to recognize that being a vegan or a vegetarian does come from a place of privilege. There are several communities and countries that would not be able to support an individual who uh, chooses that lifestyle, whether it be economically or financially, um, to just actually like the access of the quality of food that they have and not being able to sustain themselves nutritionally from like a protein and a, and a supplement or in a nutrient level. So like not harping on you guys at all. If you are vegan or vegetarian, keep going with it. But I do want to talk about how if you are a meat eater like myself, that's okay. And how you can still be sustainable and support our environment while also supporting your health and and looking at a more sustainable approach to meat eating it is actually really beneficial for your health 
Um, so the article that I really want to talk about today, because it's easiest to understand and it was really well written, is an article called Six Tips to Help You Eat More Sustainably by the World Wild Wildlife Foundation. Yeah, WWF. Sorry, I always get that one mixed up. And so they just do a quick recap on uh, the IPCC's report on climate change and how being more sustainable in what we eat is a way of tackling our climate crisis without making radical changes that are unsustainable for lots of folks out there. Um, so I'm just gonna, I'll cover the tips first and then we can talk about how it's like beneficial for your health. But basically the six tips that they have to eating more sustainable in order to better support our climate and our environment are to eat more plants. So to focus your diet on eating like vegetables and beans and nuts. Um, those are all really great for nutrient. Uh, your beans and your nuts are a great source for protein. So you, you can compensate for those who don't eat meat or for those who are trying to cut back on their meat consumption by increasing legumes because they are a very filling um, and high nutrient food option, though they do also cause some really fun um, interactions in your gut. So be careful on how much you eat right away. Um, and then eating a variety of foods. So trying not to stick to um, like three different food type or food options that you always eat. So my best advice for like eating a variety is to eat what's in, in um, season that time. So we, we can talk about that more, but when you're eating in season, you're also supporting your local vendors. So for myself, I live in the fruit belt in Ontario and there's lots of farmers that grow veggies and fruits. So, you know, when beans, green beans are in season, we buy lots of those from the local farmer and we don't buy them when they're out of season. Cause A, that's not supporting my environment which is sustainable, but B, it's not as good when it's not coming from the farm directly. Um, to waste less food. So just a fun little like story my mom told me when she was young, her dad used to actually ground them for taking too much for a meal. So my grandparents raised my mom. She was one of 11, which is part of the reason why they were so big on not wasting food, but they were raised to not take more than they could eat. And that if they were still hungry, it was more than okay to go back for a second or a third helping, but to never have food left over on their plate. And I think that's something that it, it's really difficult to remember, especially in Western cultures, because you have things like buffets or like all you can eat whatever. And so it's just so easy to load up your plate and then you leave behind a bunch and you don't even think about where that's going to. And it goes to the garbage. Like, yeah, it breaks down into our environment, but it's not sustainable. You're wasting food that could have gone to somebody that's less fortunate. You're wasting food in the sense that somebody took time and energy to produce that for you and it's not being used for its purpose. And I mean, for me, it makes me feel really awful. I don't know about other people, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and the other thing too is like, there are programs that restaurants can be part of um, where they do send their leftover food to um, like homeless shelters. Um, but I know that a lot of them don't do that. And I'm not sure what it entails. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't. I don't know if there's something that's stopping them, but yeah. Well, I know when I worked at, one company, I won't say their name, um, just for like privacy purposes, but when I worked at one company when I was in university, when I started there, we were donating to the local shelter. And by the time I left, we had to stop and it came down to like legal issues. And the fact that like, even though the food was good when it was leaving our store, there was no guarantee that that food would be safe for consumption um, for the individuals at that shelter who were eating it. So there was like worry about 
you know, food poisoning or like it not being nutritionally valuable to these individuals. And it just became a headache because there had been cases where other restaurants or industries were donating food that was not safe and not good for human consumption and basically treating shelters as if they're lower on this like totem pole of hierarchy. So they ruined it for other people. Yeah. Um, so number four, and this is where it comes into like sustainable eating as a meat eater, uh, but to moderate your meat. So that's not only just red meat. You hear a lot about the cow industry and how the production of beef is terrible for the environment, but it also includes white meat. So um, your chickens, I think pig meat, I think pork is actually considered white. I'm not entirely sure. But anyways, includes all types of meat, basically anything that's not a fish. Um, and I think it's important to do so because A, from a health aspect, most of us are eating more protein than we need in a week. Um, you really shouldn't have to eat meat more than a few times, like I'd say two to three times maximum a week. I know that can be difficult for somebody who is eating at seven days. So obviously start off small by cutting back on a day or two at a time. Yeah. Well, I mean, like for me, I'm supposed to get like, it depends on your weight, but for me personally, I'm supposed to get like, I think 56 grams of protein a day. So yeah. as a vegetarian, it's hard to get unless you're actually like supplementing like with protein powder and stuff, which I do, which I have to, but yeah. Yeah. And I think it's for the vegetarians, it's difficult um, because you've cut out meat altogether, but at least for individuals who are still eating meat, being able to supplement with plant sources. So like, beans specifically is a great option um nut butters are also a great option and then straight up protein powder that can be a whole other topic but obviously you have to watch what type of protein powder and the quality of powder you're choosing um but yeah they're a great supplement it's an easy supplement it's something you don't have to think about you just throw it in a smoothie or whatever you're making with it and there you go you're good for the day or good for that meal yeah so it's just like um yeah just cutting back on how much we eat and, and I'm just going to segue in with like supporting local vendors. So I'm a huge fan of a local butcher shop called VG Meats. They are based in um, the Hamilton area and their whole basis is on providing ethical meat sources uh, at a reasonable cost. And I just want to quickly read a little segment out of an article they posted last year called The Eth Ethics of Food and Why We Care. Uh, we are grateful for meat and how we produce it. So the segment that they put in the article, um, which I will link in the description, is eating ethically produced meat becomes a privilege when other meat products are cheaper and more accessible. At VG, they strive to bridge the gap and bring ethical, sustainable, delicious local meats to as many people as possible. Good food shouldn't be for some people. It should be for everyone. So for those of us who are eating meat, uh, it is so easy to go to a local grocery store and buy that chicken that came from a mass production farm and not think about where it's coming from or what that farm's effect is on our environment. Um, but it is as easy to run to a local butcher like VG Meats and support your local farmers. You know, you keep your own little town's economy supported. You're buying from farmers who often work their butts off for a very small yield of um, livestock that will be eligible for meat or for consumption. And it's just like, overall better for our environment and better for the economy and better for your health because you know where it's coming from you don't have to worry about antibiotics or hormones being in your beef because they're not being fed um 
you know, grade A foods or whatever they listed as <laughs> for animals. Yeah. Uh, so, and then with that, it if you're buying or if you're consuming less meat, um, it's also important to buy foods that meet a credible certified standard. So this is really important with our fish products. So, you know, we all hear about um, the dangers of mercury poisoning or, you know, there being heavy metals in fish products, but especially coming from certain regions of the world. So for me personally, from a health aspect, I try to avoid heavy metals as much as possible. They're really hard on your system. They're not good for you. They can be teratogenic, which is, uh, which is a jargony word for like cancer causing. Um, so it, it's important for my health, but it's also important for the climate and for our world. And so finding fish products that are um, credibly certified through either Freedom Food or the MSC or ASC, which is for seafood specifically, is great because you're doing both for yourself uh, from a health aspect and for the climate. Um, and I just overall find fish taste better when you're buying like sustainably sourced fish. But just as a segue, sustainable does not necessarily mean it's not farm fish. So they can have farms that are sustainable and there's some really great resources to read up on that. Because uh, I was one of those people that didn't get it. <laughs> I always found it interesting at the grocery store where usually where the fish is, the counter to get the fresh fish is like right next to it. And I'm always like, why? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make sense. But yeah, I mean, I get it because fresh fish can be more expensive. Of course. Yeah, it can. So. Um, especially depending on where it's coming from. So like I really like haddock. And it's rare that it comes from like a local source. So often the ocean-wise haddock you can get at lo local grocery stores um, is coming from Iceland. So like that's pretty, that's a far trek for that fish to be flown here. Um, but it is, it's the price you pay for something that's better for your health and better for the climate. Um, but like certified standards are not just for meat and fish. That also includes fair trade products on, or fair trade certification on a lot of other products, including coffee and chocolate. And um, I think beans even like, you know, chickpeas and all that kind of stuff. So, and it just basically boils down to being a consumer who is interested in protecting the farmers and workers who are involved in the industry, which is again, great for our environment and climate, but also great for us from a health aspect because when you protect the individuals that are passionate about what they do, they're passionate, but they're passionate about producing the best quality products for us as consumers as well. Um, and then the last point from the WWF is to eat fewer foods that are high in fat, salt, and sugar. So this is just plain common sense. I think we all know uh, from you know growing up or from what our doctors tell us or whoever that the less we eat of these three items the better we are from a health aspect you don't have to worry about chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes or heart disease um, and you also are not supporting an industry that is thriving off of um, highly processed foods that often are coupled with highly processed uh, packaging that is not good for our environment and can't be broken down so it's Great to eat them in small doses, but it's also important to, you know, treat them as a treat and not a staple to take care of yourself. So, yeah. That's a lot of information. Um, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I just want to touch on before we move on to what I have to say. Um, I wanted to talk about the the privilege of being able to um, become vegetarian because so I went vegetarian about uh, two and a half, maybe three years ago. It feels like forever. Um, but at that point, I didn't really know much. So at the beginning, I definitely wasn't getting enough nutrients. Um, but then I kind of figured it out and um, was doing okay. And then the past like couple of months, it kind of just hit me. And I'm, I don't know if like my body is changing and it's just not sustainable for me anymore. But I did my part for as long as I could. Um, but I've gotten to the point now where um, it's affecting me negatively more than positively. So um, I have decided that I'm going to start gradually eating meat again. But then that's going back to the topic of getting or buying sustainable meat and meat that is good for you. And it's not just from the grocery store and it's like the crappy part of a lot of meat. It's, it's, we need to focus on, if we're eating meat, we need to eat it sustainably because it, eating meat increases your carbon footprint, of course. But when you figure out how to eat it sustainably, you kind of help um, by minimizing that. So I think that's important to know. Um, but um, like Stephen and I were talking about it yesterday that we actually know a few people who, who have now went from vegetarian to eating meat again because they're having the same issues of getting enough nutrients and um, being able to like feel good. So yeah, it's uh, this is a new journey that I'm starting. So we'll see how this goes. Um, it's definitely weird, like making, like preparing meat. Yeah. 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 I can imagine because like for yourself, it came from um, a set of values that you lived by for several years now and having to counter those values are, it's difficult for anybody, like not just vegetarianism. It's difficult in any circumstance where you have lived by a set of values and you now have to go back on those and reevaluate them. Um, but I think like the best thing you can do is, you know, start off by supporting, supporting whatever you can in your own community. Yeah, I think for anybody who's trying to reevaluate a set of values that they've lived by, so like, especially for a vegetarian who, you know, uh, stopped eating meat for the purpose of like being more sustainable for the environment and also like potentially reducing animal cruelty or whatever else you that might have been an influence it's really difficult but, I mean like for somebody who is a meat eater it's easy for me to be like hey just you know go buy from a local butcher shop and support local um, but I think the best like advice I have for individuals who are looking to change their eating options is to look at food sovereignty. So I'm a huge proponent for being able to live off of the land that I, um, that surrounds me and being able to support locally. And I know that I'm not personally doing the work, but it makes me feel really good to see the smile on the farmer's face who owns 
the orchards that I buy peaches from or to interact with the migrant workers that come up here and spend their time, you know, for six months of the year supporting our farming industry because we don't have the manpower to do it ourselves. So yeah, you got this, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah i think i think the other thing we need to think about as well is um i know that indigenous cultures are having a huge issue with being attacked by um vegan extremists which is sad and it hurts to listen to them talk about what they've been going through with that um, because there are indigenous tribes who like they hunt seal and they use the whole seal and they're being ridiculed for hunting seals when this has been part of their like basically like their bloodline like this is what they've been doing forever um, and they're being It's a better word to, um, they're being pooped on <laughs> um, for doing things that their culture has been doing for hundreds of years. And, um, it's sad, but I listened to this podcast, um, a week and a half ago or so. It was an episode on, um, a podcast called Missing Witches, but they address, in this episode, they were addressing um, four people who come from different indigenous cultures and um, or indigenous tribes, and um, they were talking about their experiences. And one thing that uh, really resonated with me was when they were talking about um, people buying. Um, vegan leather which is basically just a bunch of chemicals put together and the vegan leather is just a fancy word to put on top of it to make it sound better um but the best way that you can actually do better for the environment in regards to like leathers and goods like that is just buying it secondhand and thrifting it um because those chemicals that are used to make vegan leather um create a huge carbon footprint in themselves and they're just it's just not good um so i think that's something that we need to think about and i don't think a lot of people realize that that they're actually doing more harm than good when they purchase these pieces of clothing um but this kind of segues into what i want to talk about today so Basically, we're going to start off by talking about how um, we should wash our clothes less. So, <laughs> um, United by Blue, who is a really amazing company, they're based out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, they wrote an article called The Case for Washing Your Clothes Less. So, basically, with every load of laundry you do, you're creating a carbon footprint. Um, whether that's the case of the chemicals in your detergents, softeners, dozens of gallons of water, energy, us energy uses of machines, um, those all contribute to your carbon footprint. So 
and basically I want to share that creating a green laundry routine uh, doesn't have to be expensive and it's, it can be very, very simple. So first of all, <laughs> their main point was that you don't need an energy star machine to um, make your carbon footprint smaller. You just need to wash your clothes less. Uh, I mean, having a fancy machine, I'm sure is a fun time. Um, I certainly don't have one because I pay for my laundry in my building. <laughs> but um, I definitely grew up with like those fancy machines, which was definitely a privilege, but I still didn't use them to their full capabilities. I just pressed, you know, whatever cold water and start. Um, so let's consider the cost of one basket of laundry. So in that one basket of laundry that you do, you're using 40 gallons of water. You're using 3,045 watts of energy. You're using 3.3 kilograms of CO2 emissions and up to 700,000 plastic microfibers, roughly the surface of a pack of gum, are being put into the water. Um, plus the toxic chemicals and volatile organic compounds or VOCs are leached into the water and some which are carcinogenic. So basically our clothing um, that specifically the clothing that is made of um, uh, no, 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 what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, oh, like polyester, acrylic, and nylon. Those materials, there are, there are more, but those materials specifically that are used to create fashion, they have these microfibers in them that you can't see necessarily, but when they're built up together, they create, like you can see them. So these basically go into our water and water treatment plants also don't have the filters to filter out these microfibers most of the time. So then they end up in our lakes and our oceans, wherever our water is going, or they can end up back in our drinking water, which is gross. Um, <laughs> so with that, um, basically you can also be more sustainable in the amount of clothing that you have and the types of clothing that you have. So some food for thought, nine out of 10 pieces of clothing end up in a landfill long before they should. So this is usually due to overwashing, stretching, color fading, everything that happens to these materials that break down really easily. So we end up just being like, oh, well, this piece of clothing doesn't do anything for me anymore because it's now turned into like the thinnest piece of fabric ever because it's made out of not great quality. So one, thrifting is also like, a number one thing that is beneficial to the environment, but two, buying clothing that is made out of material that doesn't break down the way that, um, the way that polyester and acrylic and nylon do. So buying clothing that's made out of like bamboo or organic cotton um, helps with that. The sun is coming up, oh my God. <laughs> Gonna be blind. Um, yeah, so uh, they also shared um, a thing that Levi's recommended, 
and they said that you should be washing your jeans only every two weeks. Um, but you can also do the, the freezer trick. So you can just like put them in a plastic bag and like fold them up, put them in a plastic bag, put them in the freezer for like 24 hours and it kills all the bacteria on them. So like if you don't have stains on them or like if you can't see it and you can't smell it, just throw it in the freezer. That only works with jeans, I'm pretty sure. So I don't know about other pieces of clothing. <laughs> um, yeah, so some things that we can do to help minimize our carbon footprint when we're doing laundry. So number one is avoid the dryer if you can. So if you can hang your clothes outside on a clothing rack, that's awesome. Uh, if you live in an apartment like me, you can get um, a clothing rack for inside. Um, wear your clothes more than once, obviously, uh, buy natural detergents. And the key ingredient that you're looking for that shouldn't be in your detergent is phosphorus, which is a key ingredient in fertilizer. <laughs> Super interesting. Um, use cold water, of course, because 90% of the energy we use in the laundry room is just to heat up the water. Um, and I know that they make detergents that are specifically for cold water because cold water doesn't always take out like stains and oils and stuff like that. So if you have a detergent that works with cold water, it'll help with that. Um, and then paying attention to materials that your clothing is made out of. So organic cotton and hemp. So hemp is organic cotton and hemp are more breathable than um, these other fibers. Um, which makes them be like they don't get smelly as quickly and they don't hold in odors and they're breathable. And there's this other, there's this little product you can buy. It's called Guppy Friend and it filters out the microfibers. So if you have um, clothing that you know has these microfibers in them and you obviously don't want to just like throw, start throwing out your clothes, you want to use them until you can't. Um, you throw them in this bag that's called the Guppy Friend, and um, it's like a decent size. Um, we can link it in the description. But you throw that clothing into this bag, and it collects the microfibers in the bottom of the bag, so they don't end up in the water. You just throw them in the garbage after. Hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, so that's the case on clothing, which I feel like. Sometimes I feel like it's a no-brainer, but the numbers are what really got me in regards to like what the cost of one basket of laundry is. Yeah, I think it's it's so funny because like I I've unintentionally been like more sustainable in my laundry my entire life just because I was like borderline disgusting in high school and really never washed my uniforms because that was too much work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so it like makes me feel better that somebody's now being like, yeah, you hold off on washing that clothing unless it stinks. Cause I'm like, right on, I rewear sweaters way below, like way past when I'm supposed to wash them and, and jeans too. But jeans probably because like, I hate when they, I, like it doesn't matter what type of jean you buy, they always shrink a little, even when you like, like wash them in cold water. Like I try not to dry my jeans as much as possible, but like I obviously don't have a choice sometimes. So yeah, they just like get crispy or whatever and they're just not fun. But yeah, I think like, like from a 
sorry. Especially with like um, raw denim, like Levi's, um, when you wash them, they get like really stiff again. So yeah. I always hesitate to wash them because I'm like, okay, now they fit perfectly and I don't want to wash them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> good is a good alternative. But. Yeah. Um, but even from like a detergent aspect, like I have eczema, I have really sensitive skin, like you do too. And you know, from a health aspect, if I'm ignoring what it's doing to our water quality, like lots of detergents irritate my skin and you know, your skin's your largest organ. It's porous. It absorbs everything you put on it. So when you're covering, you know, 90% of your body and clothing from like the hats you wear to the socks on your feet, whatever you're washing that clothing with is now being absorbed by your body. And whether it's, you know, carcinogenic or has like, um, hormone disruptors so it, it can affect your non-reproductive or even your reproductive systems like it, it's just it's so scary to think that you may not you you could be doing so much more damage than you realize just by like washing your clothing and your mainstream detergents so yeah natural is better well like the other day um so we have to pay obviously for our um uh laundry stuff and I walked by the laundry room the other day and there's this one person in our building who when she does her laundry you can smell it down the hallway because she uses like she has this basket that's just full of like all these different like detergent softeners like anything you can name and I'm like even the smell of it I'm like I feel like I just lost brain cells smelling all of this all of these chemicals and I'm like you're putting all of this on your body holy crap man like I just I can't it's it's a lot um <laughs> or even those like those micro bead booster thingies I think they're by like downy unstoppables or whatever like my sister loves the smell of them but my dad always points out like if you wash your clothing in cold water they're not disintegrating no which I know they're not like cold water standard but why aren't they like what is it about them that need that allows them to stay so solid and yeah, like, you take one little whiff, and the entire room smells of it, and it's, like, yeah, I'm wear perfume, so I don't need my clothes to smell good. I don't use any softeners or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so, um, another thing that we can do for, like, our home, um, which I have actually done in the past month, so I made a, a DIY vinegar cleaner for our house because Lysol wipes are sold out everywhere. Um, it has zero chemicals and zero waste. So basically you put um, vinegar and orange peels in a bottle, in a spray bottle, whatever. Um, I put ours in a mason jar to let it sit. You're supposed to let it sit for four weeks because then it releases all of the um I think enzymes is that the word I'm looking for maybe it releases all the good stuff that you need to actually like make something like clean like bacteria um although vinegar does a really good job of that um and then you can cut it if you don't like the smell of vinegar that much you can cut it with water um but yeah you just let it sit in a jar for four weeks up to four weeks and then you use it in a spray bottle and I've we've been cleaning everything with it and it smells good so yeah 
Um, yeah, I think you just need like pungent orange peels. That should be able to cut the flavor or the smell. <laughs> used, I actually used um, nectarines. Oh, yeah. The peels are smaller, so I can put more in it. And then you just strain it after. Like, you, yeah. Also, make sure you take out the orange peels because it'll get really gross. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, do you want to talk about, let's talk about cosmetics because I feel like that's a huge thing that a lot of people use on a day-to-day basis I mean maybe not right now because everyone's in quarantine but you know some days you like to do your makeup and whatever but on a regular schedule a lot of people use cosmetics right so Mm -hmm. for um there is a link for this that we will also include in the description where you can find like a huge list of cosmetics that are um, sustainable and either little to zero waste. So the four that I chose were Lush, Tarte, um, Elate, and there's a brand called Fat in the Moon and their packaging is really cute. Um, So basically when you buy cheap and conventional makeup, it's packed with potentially toxic synthetic substances which as you were saying before they can um have long-term effects on your um like your reproductive systems and they can cause other long-term problems um and parabens are a huge culprit of that but there are also other chemicals that we don't know that we don't have a full understanding of so um we were talking about the app. You have an app or a website that you wanted to share. I don't have an app. There's an app called Think Dirty and you can scan the barcode of any product you're using and it'll tell you if it's good or bad or in between sort of. And it'll explain why and like what that chemical is in it that is potentially harmful. So I found that super helpful and it's been around for a while. So if you don't know about it, now you know. Um, what's the one that the website that you oh yeah so it's um, it's the environmental working group website so it's ewg.org that will be linked um, and it so it has I'll talk about the like cosmetic end first and then I'll just talk about it more generally but so from a cosmetic aspect they have this skin deep guide which they do have an app version I find the websites a little bit easier to follow just because it's like a bunch of information so it makes it easier to read it on a computer versus your phone um but same idea as the app you were just talking about they rank the product that you've either like scanned in or typed in uh, for its general toxicity its allergen listings um, and then its uh, carcinogenic or hormone disrupting properties so it's great it's on a scale of like zero to ten um one to two being EWG verified, so the best products you could be using and 10 being the worst. Um, So it's great, I've been using it for a while. It was recommended to me by a friend of mine and I I think it's really great. The awesome thing about EWG is if the product is not listed or the brand that you're using is not listed, you can write to them and let them know what brand that um, they're missing and then they will try to get in contact with that company to include that in. by soon um, to include that in their database so they won't add anything that hasn't been approved by a company but it's really great because most of the companies that 
are evaluated by them, they get a tax write-off. So it's American-based, it doesn't really help Canadian companies, but that's a really great incentive, which is why I love this database, because the companies that are in it were willing to have their products evaluated. Um, but then from like a more general aspect, they are a working group, so they do a lot of other work. So their website is filled with articles on like uh, a database on the quality of your tap water or cleaning products that you could be looking into or how to do like your own DIY home cleaning products. So it's, it's just a really great website. I check in on it every once in a while. Um, they stay up to date. They do have some stuff on COVID-19. So I definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah, that's interesting. I think the app also has similar things like that. They have, um, like, when you open it, they have, like, little snips at the top. Like, mm -hmm. they have one right now for, like, Mother's Day. Like, here's the best products to buy for mom for Mother's Day kind of thing. So, yeah, I think those are both really great options in terms of, like, if you're curious as to what you're putting on your body. That's literally just going in your body because um, that's important to know. Um, so, one thing about these products though some of them do have bamboo packaging and if they're not like um the packaging where you can like take the palette out kind of thing and like replace the little circles if it's already built into the bamboo palette um you need to be careful of where you're storing it because um the like if you have humidity in the spot that you're storing it it can create mold spores and Obviously, you don't want to be putting that on your body. So make sure if you do have things that are packaged in bamboo, you're putting them in places that are like a cool, a cooler place. So not storing it in your bathroom. I want to share this cute little um, kind of like nonprofit rehabilitation thing for wildlife. So it's called Wands for Life, and it's based in western north carolina and it's called the appalachian wildlife refuge and it's a rehabilitation effort for wildlife in that region so they accept old mascara wands obviously they ask you to clean them before you send them and they help remove fly eggs and larvae from fur and feathers of wild animals for wildlife in crisis. So they help the wildlife that are in crisis and then they let them back out into the wild after they clean them and help them. And it's, it's really cute. And we will link that website because there's lots of cute pictures. on it. Yeah, that's super cute. <laughs> um, yeah. So one other thing I wanted to share, um, I know Nicola shared the book, um, but a, um, digital version of something that you can listen to is a podcast called Intentional with Sedona Christina. And uh, episode two of season three is um, with Green Beauty Collective on making clean, sustainable choices. So they talk about how you should be looking out for certain ingredients that aren't in that category um, and making sustainable beauty choices and how to transition your makeup uh, and beauty products to a more sustainable version um, because I feel like starting that can be difficult if you don't know what to look for and where the best things are so yeah I thought I thought that would help a little bit on that yeah, cool. yeah. okay
So that's our um, stuff for the day. So we just want to wrap up with our first, um, the little things segment. So we've talked about it a couple times now, but just to give you a quick reminder, the little things are anything that makes you smile or you've noticed you've had a different in perspective on so maybe you used to be really negative about your weight and all of a sudden now you feel really good about the way you're looking or the way things fit so um, we want to hear from you if there are any little things that you'd like to share let us know and we will feature them in our episodes as well as on social media if you so uh, feel the need to um, so yeah so for us we're just going to share a little thing that made us smile or we looked at differently in the last week um, and I, I can go first. So last night, Adriana and I took a workshop called Time to Lead by the magnificent, magnificent Victoria Bowman. Uh, we've talked about her once before. She's super cool. She's a personal life coach slash business badass. Anyways, the whole uh, one hour workshop was on how to be a better leader in whatever your industry or field is. And she gave three really cool tidbits of information on how to like re to evaluate where you're at as a leader and to um, develop like a growth plan for yourself or to feel into those areas that you subconsciously knew you needed to work on, but have now been brought to the conscious mind. Um, and for me, the thing that made me smile was to not be vanilla, but to be your weird self and not be afraid of being cool and I know in my heart of hearts, I've never been the stereotypical cool person. Like I definitely wasn't that in high school. So being a part of this like badass group of individuals last night on this workshop, knowing we're all weird in our own way and are just totally rocking it felt really good. And I'm ready to feel into that and move forward with my weirdness. So that was my little thing. Yeah, that was uh, definitely a good highlight. It was a uh... It was a little bit of a, an emotional roller coaster, but it was a good one, like in a good way. Um, so my little thing that I want to share is, whoa, another podcast. Um, <laughs> called, it's called The Morning Ritual, and it's a podcast that does like, they're like five to ten minute um, morning meditations. I mean, you can do them at any time of the day, but they're kind of there to help you in the morning to like focus your mind into a better place after you wake up um but they're really nice and one I did yesterday was um a sound meditation so she recorded bowls like singing bowls and stuff like that and it was really nice I've been having a lot of trouble with meditation lately on my own so I thought maybe this was a better place to start um, as my brain just doesn't stop running in circles lately. Um, so I found this helped a lot, even though it's short, it's also easy to like, just continue listening to them what, like right after each other or just continue on your own. And she also shared a, um, a good meditation playlist on Spotify that she has, that she created. So there's that as well. That's cool. Sometimes you just need a little inspo. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I think we've uh, covered everything for today. Yeah. Cool. Fine. Yeah, so 
yeah, that, that was it for today. Um, I think my parting words are just, well, April is Earth Month and the 22nd was Earth Day. Um, every day slash every month should be Earth Month slash day because if we don't take care of it, we won't have it. Mm -hmm. um, and for our generation specifically, we're the ones that have to live with the damage. So whatever your small way is, just know that it doesn't take moving a mountain to make a difference. It just takes a bit of effort. So keep doing what you're doing. We support you. You're totally badass in what you're doing. And we're all in this together. Yeah. It's the little things that make a difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if you like our stuff, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can also subscribe to our email list, which is in our description to stay up to date on other activities that we do as well as episode releases. And don't forget to contact us if you have any little things you want to share, if you have a topic in mind you'd like to hear us talk about, or you just have some general questions. Um, but we also take like just general highs. We like meeting people. So feel free to reach out and let us know who you are and what you do because networking is key in this industry. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, stay tuned for next week. Yeah. Oh, just as a segue, you're not going to want to miss next week. May is Women's Health Month and it is my jam. So be, tuned, be sure to tune in next week. Wow, my English. Anyways, until then, happy health. Good, how are you? Mom, now is not the time. <laughs> Hello? Hi, I'm just recording with Nicola, but uh, can I call you back? Okay, love you, bye. Anyway, okay. <laughs>